Hey guys, just a heads up, I kind of screw up my settings on my microphone, so I'm going to sound a little distant and maybe a little echoey. I tried my best to fix it, but you know, I can only do so much. Also, stay tuned to the end of the episode, where I talk about Scott W's new Kickstarter being relaunched. I also have a promo for another podcast by the name of Billowing Hilltop. So stay tuned till the end to take a listen. Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and thanks for tuning in again. Joining me as always, I have Mr. Finder. Say hello. Howdy. Uh, so on today's episode, we're going away from our normal formula of just talking about tabletop stuff, and we decided to have a little conversation. About what? Well, it's about the friends we've lost along the way. Not because they've died or anything, but because, well, scheduling conflicts, table groups that just don't work, the rude people that you just want to kick out of the party, all that kind of stuff. I think we all have about 10,000 stories on if you've been playing for any uh, period of time. Um, so I figured, hell, why, why don't we talk about that? So now, Finder, I know you're one of the few lucky ones who have ha- who's had a core group for a long time. Um, I know we've talked about it before, but you want to just uh, kind of say, Talk about how lucky you are for that that kind of perspective. I, I am fairly charmed when it comes to finding friends to game with. Um, so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've got one group that I've been playing with for well over 20 years. It's probably closer to 25, 26 years now. Um, started out as just work friends and we started playing Deadlands, uh, like the classic edition. Uh, Deadlands classic back in the day and... Um, I, I lost touch with them for a little bit of time when I moved to New Jersey and they were still in Arizona and this predates any like VTT or zoom stuff. And that's how long ago that was <laughs> they, they moved, they ended up moving to New Jersey. So we got, I got to play with them again, uh, real quickly. It was like less than a year, uh, that I wasn't able to play with them. But then when I moved by that point, uh, fortunately the internet was around and broadband and, we started using um, an old VTT, like probably the first I'd ever seen called OpenRPG. I believe it's still around. It's not being developed much anymore. It was an open uh, system that was based off of Python. And that was um, how we managed to keep gaming. To, to uh, By that point, we had started playing uh, Savage Worlds. And so I needed to learn a little bit about Python so I could code a card dealer and we could do some Savage Worlds games because, uh, as we know, Savage Worlds uses cards for initiative. And so uh, we did that for, for years. I mean, we used OpenRPG for, for a long time. And then uh, some guy was looking for a group. So we said, yeah, sure. Um, brought him in. He recommended that we try Roll20. We tried Roll20 and had a great time there. And that had all the support that I didn't have to write Python code anymore. So we we made the switch. (laughs) And, and, you know, the funny thing about that group, though, is we've had like a handful of people come in. And for whatever reason, they just don't jive with with the way we play um, or something. I mean, they end up disappearing, um, falling off whatever it is, but it's like me and, and my two friends uh, have stuck around, but we've had like a, a rotation of odd people. We just don't know. And they, they come and go. And um, so anyway, that's, that's like my first group. Then I also have my kids that I play with. So I've got that regular group. Um, that's why you have kids though, right? Exactly. So you eventually play, <laughs> you know where they are. <laughs> exactly. Well, and you know, it's, it's a great way to, um, just have a lot of fun because again, we play Savage Worlds and they say, Hey dad, we want to, we want to play like squirrels and rabbits. And I'm like, okay, great. Savage Worlds can handle that. So we just go and play a squirrels and rabbits game. And then they'd want to do straight up fantasy with orcs and elves and, uh, it was just a lot of fun because they'd bring their, they'd bring their friends along and, and, uh, had a good time doing that. 
Um, I even on roll 20, I've always found groups fairly easily, even though they talk about like, uh, the looking for group forums Yeah, are, you can like, I see posts all the time from people. It's like, I can't get into a game. It's like, I, I post on 20 different boards and I can't get into a game. I'm like, I post on one immediately get in. And the first time I did that, the first group that I did a, that I was like, just looking through the, the looking for group to see what's going on. And some guy was wanting to get into a savage worlds, um, sci-fi game. And some dude said, sure, I'll, I'll GM that. And I'm like, well, if you guys have room, I'll be happy to play. And that group has actually been playing every Saturday now for the past six years. Um, with brief hiatuses here and there for various life, uh, struggles that come up. But I mean, we've never gone more than a few months without playing. Um, and, and that's like my Saturday group. Uh, I think of all the groups, I've only had one that completely fell apart. And that was a pickup round rock. It was kind of like a, uh, what do they call it? West Marches type game. So people would join when they could. And and the guy that was DMing that ended up having life show up and, and uh, fell off the face there. So I have no idea whatever happened to that game, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. for the most part, I, I have a pretty easy time getting into groups. And the great thing is most of the groups that I get into, we just click. I mean, heck, that's how I, I met Scott. And he was like wanting to run a uh, a game one time, a one shot on Roll20. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm available. I'd be happy to check it out. And Scott and I started playing. And then uh, later on, he did the whole Eberron thing. And that's how you and I, of course, met. And, yep. and even though we don't play as frequently as a group because of our life schedules, um, oh, yeah. the, the groups stuck around and we've had a good time and, and when we can play, we do play. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have a charmed life when it comes to gaming groups. <laughs> yeah. Like I've, I've had some luck, but not to the extent of you. Like I, my original group was, we started off with GURPS and then we switched over to 5e. Right. And then we were playing for a while, but it was just like, you know, um, I forget what happened, but I think one of the guys went back to school or DM and then we kind of just, we we're talking about it. And then it was just like, Oh no, I got to cancel. It just kind of happened. And then eventually kind of just people stopped asking, are we having a group? And it kind of just fell apart. I've heard that they've joined up a few times to play, but I don't think any of the campaigns have really lasted too long. Although I might be wrong. Um, and then I had a buddy who was playing in that group who, uh, was from work and he was one of my favorite people to play games with uh, at the time. Of course, you know, I got you now finder. So <laughs> he he's to the past, but uh, he had kids and essentially dropped off the map completely. Um, so kind of lost him there. And then he was selfish and had a second kid. So then he was uh, gone for even longer. Ugh, hate I those guys. Hate those I know. Guys. Like, why wouldn't he ask me first if it was okay? That's all I asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, after, after my divorce, when I was dating my current wife, uh, yeah. one of the things that we had a hard conversation about, I told him like, look, just so you know, I like to game and I've got games on these days and I'm not interested in giving those games up. And she's like, that's cool. And so <laughs> I made sure that she was cool with it. And uh, she is, I mean, she's really supportive of, of stuff as long as I give her equal time. So, mm-hmm. um, it, but yeah, it, it was pretty funny. Cause I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to bail on these games. I'm, I'm having a good time. They're fun games. And they're fun people. And, so, well, heck, I mean, like the 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 Saturday group that you are that you've been playing in lately, yeah. Um, that group was my first truly international group. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the GM is from England. Uh, another guy is from Canada. Um, Rogan was from Arizona, which was my old stomping grounds. Yeah. There was a guy from Texas. Um, and I mean, when you think of that Saturday group, it's like the GM, myself and the, the other Canadian, we are the, we've been together since the beginning. Um, actually mm-hmm. the, the, the Canadian was a pickup after the first, so like we had one game, uh, one of the guys dropped out and that's when, when the other guy got brought in. 
Um, and Rogan, I mean, Rogan was there at the beginning as well. He had dropped off for a period of time because of life and, and, uh, yeah. all that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's been a pretty good group because we, we've stuck it out. We've done a lot of games. It's been a lot of fun. Oh yeah. And even like, I, like I've joined that group right now and like, we're having a ton of fun. Uh, I'm glad it's on Saturdays because even speaking of that, like we try and game on Wednesdays, of course, like, like with me, you and Scott. But even that's kind of difficult because we're, you know, Scott's military, right? And he has all these things going on. You, you, like you're flying to Las Vegas tomorrow. Uh, I now all of a sudden with my my job that makes money, since uh, I don't make money off of the podcast just yet, just yet. <laughs> um, I'm I have to move to evenings in order to solidify a position. So it's like we're having a lot of troubles and like i feel like it's so brutal because i love playing with you guys and it's just time always seems to like you know your obligations in real life always seem to get in the way of your make-believe life which to be fair it should but like it's hard to try and make time and i'm glad i have the saturday game with you guys and even like i was debating for a bit like oh should i maybe opt out because my my whole sleeping schedule is going to be thrown off but i i i just really can't don't want to like i need to have at least a game somewhere in my life and well we need yeah. to have some sanity and fantasy brings us that sanity exactly it's that little break from reality that you kind of need where you're just you come to the table and have everyone just kind of playing a, a fun game you all come with the same intentions and everything like most of the time there's of course you know some bad eggs which we'll probably get into um but yeah well yeah, it's... you know though in terms of the history of rpgs yeah this day and age is the best for for groups because i mean like, like I said, I, I've been gaming since the uh, late 70s, early 80s. My brothers got me into it. Uh, they were my original gaming group, and I'd go play with my my older brother and his friends for years. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Had a great time with those guys. Uh, but the internet was not what it is. E- even with my uh, the, the what I call my core group now on Fridays, um, when I moved to New Jersey, there was no VTT option. Yeah. And now as long as people are willing to, uh, and I think this is probably the, the big piece of it, is that you've got to be willing to commit. But if you can commit oh, yeah. to a group, there are, there are opportunities to play with people from completely different backgrounds, completely different time zones, because we can get together on the internet at times that suit us. And so mm-hmm. like it's early in the morning for me on Saturdays for the GM, it's in the afternoon evenings um, for you guys. It's a little bit uh, earlier than it is for me, but, yeah. but it's a time that suits all of us in our lives for the different time zones. And so it's like uh, if people are struggling to find a group, there are also tons of places to go now. I mean, Reddit, you can go to find a group. Discord uh, has various servers for fa- like Foundry. A lot of people can find games on Foundry through Discord or Roll20 has the looking for group forums. So there are just so many options and opportunities for people to find groups. Um, yeah. The struggle now truly is finding a group that you can mesh with personality wise. And I I think that's kind of the biggest thing because like I've gotten lucky with some groups like partially and even like our group when we started, we had that one guy in there who you can tell was interested in telling his story and only his story. Yep. And when things weren't working his way, he got mad at the, dm and then he just dipped out when he didn't like the answer yeah and even like i i've mentioned this one before like i had another group where we're doing um and um i always get i i'm saying this and every time i say it i always hear groan from you guys and i understand that groan but monster hearts 
uh, <laughs> which we're playing Monster Hearts. Uh, God, I, I feel embarrassed. Even saying that I was it, you should. You should. But, and, and that's me. I, I like. I have no idea. I've never even played Monster Hearts, so I have no clue what uh, it's about. <laughs> it, it's teenage angst combined with them being monsters secretly, like werewolves, vampires, and all that kind of shit. Um, and the only reason why I went into it is because the premise of it because I was on a PBTA like uh, server on Discord, the premise of it was cool enough that I was like, you know what, this would be a fun role playing experience because we're literally doing almost like um, theater kids, which kind of works with usually any people who want to role play. Uh, theater kids trying to put on a play, and it's a whole drama building up to the play day, and when the play is actually about to be aired, that's the last episode <laughs> and it was it was a really cool premise and like we all kind of created interesting characters and we got to pick like what kind of role we had and everything like that and the and the gm she was fantastic she knew what she was doing so like we ended up creating an entire drama class and also our own homeroom class like with all the schools and all that stuff and all the characters felt real like she was really good at doing all that stuff and at the end, the reason why I kind of died was because there's this one girl who, no matter how much you tried to give her, the only answer she'd ever say is, um, I don't know. And then she would roll a dice to see what her answer would be. But she sometimes she'd roll and she's like, I'd, I still don't know. I'm like, well, what, what, what were you rolling the dice for? And she's like, well, I was going to do stuff and put like you know things on it like you know if if i roll lower i'd get this but then i didn't do it i'm like what the hell is the point of doing that man? what the hell was the point of doing that and then, and then she, she she was totally complacent with everything and the only thing that she thought this is a hill to goddamn die on was the fact that unless you're playing a game in a third person or first person view there was no other point, and all the other games should not exist. Diablo, oh, that's that that uses a that that's an outdated uh, like way to play games. They shouldn't even make them anymore. Two D games, why would you ever make those anymore? I'm like, God, that's like ninety percent of my Steam library is platformers right now. Like, I don't understand how people can believe this. Like, even one of the one of the best, like me and the wife have been playing this game on a server for couple weeks now where i'm now starting to get really hooked into it which don't tell her that because she she's the person who binges so here if you're listening <laughs> to this i'm not talking about the game you're thinking of so close your ears for a second <laughs> okay i think she calls them project zomboid oh so good um <laughs> but yeah and that mm. one's like a 2.5 and it's just a zombie simulator but it's it's just so much fun but um and then we had, I'm trying to think, I've had a few bad eggs in my time, but I think that one was the most memorable. Yeah, and then I, I remember once I had a really good time with the group and everything like that. We're playing superheroes. Uh, it was Savage Supers, right? And that one was a lot of fun. But I ended up kind of opting out because my time schedule is getting a little bit too busy and i just didn't even though i was having fun i didn't like the way that the game was going if that makes any sense yeah oh yeah yeah well and you know there, there are times when the game idea or the concept just doesn't jive yeah because like we started off and it was like superheroes for hire which i really like that one in the first large campaign was a lot of fun but then, like, in the second one, for some, like, the second campaign, we got teleported to, like, a fantasy world with all, like, you know, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and, like, all the, and it just started going a little bit off the rails for me. And I was just like, ah, this isn't what I really signed up for. So, speaking of kind of, like, even, like, Roll20 and signing up for a game, <laughs> do you have any tips for anyone who's kind of, like, looking whether looking at like a description of the game and thinking, would I like this or not? Do you have any tips for like really kind of weeding through the games where you're like, okay, maybe you, I, you should pass on this one. I, you know, I pass on most things cause 
I weigh against what I currently have on my plate? And is this game interesting enough to capture my interest that it could potentially supplant one of my other games? Because we all have limited time and we have uh, other responsibilities, right? I mean, I've got a family, I've got um, work, I've got my own personal projects that I want to work on. And so trying to weed things out, uh, there have been times when I've considered doing a one-shot game just to see what it's like. But why do I pass on them? A lot of times because the GM sounds kind of pretentious to me. (laughs) there's like this one forum post on roll 20 i keep seeing it dm extraordinaire i'm like really oh (laughs) yeah if you hear someone say dm extraordinaire yeah yeah. and i mean it's a paid game and i know a lot of people are against paid games I, i i get it we started out with uh it being a bunch of friends and it's a hobby that you get together and you play um but in today's day and age i mean not everybody can find a game a group of friends and so a paid game isn't bad i mean it's not i'm not against them i I look at them like you know you you want to charge um 15 bucks for a four-hour session uh that seems to be a little higher than i may want to pay if the concept is cool i might because i I look at like you know i pay more than that to go to a movie yeah and I, I I would agree with you. I'm not really against paid, uh, like paid GMs. Um, in fact, it's probably they'll probably be more invested in it at the same time, and mm-hmm. you kind of know, you hope you're getting quality, right? Like, yeah, at the end of the day, you never really fully know the quality that someone is able to GM on just based off of you know <laughs> them saying, "Hey, uh, pay me money to do it," right? Yeah, but. <laughs> If they got a lot of repeat customers, like I think it could be beneficial. So, but I kind of agree with you on where, you know what? I'm not opposed to it. Like, I think the GM should never have to bring snacks to the table. Like even like, even, <laughs> uh, even like in a real game, which I haven't had like one in person in ages. I'm not going to lie, but I, 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 I don't think the GM should ever have to bring their own booze. And I don't think they should ever have to bring their own food. See, and that's right? why I, I do miss that in a real life game. Like when I lived in yeah. New Jersey, my friends and I, it was a party. I mean, we would get together at like six o'clock in the evening. We would all bring like uh, I, I would go and pick up uh, Toby's, which is like this really janky hot dog stand. But they had the best <laughs> hot dogs, the best cheese steaks. Oh, my goodness. They had the best milkshakes. So good. Uh, and I would take that for my dinner, but we would all bring snacks, even even the GM. I mean, the guy that, that is hosting the game, we just meet at his house and they'd always have like pizza rolls or whatever. And, and throughout the night, we were just constantly throwing in wings and pizza rolls and whatever, but everybody contributed. And it was a lot of fun. It was, it was just yeah. a big party and and uh, it was it was great times. Um, now, and, and I will tell you that the relationship that I have with people will also tend to influence whether or not I do a game. So uh, as an example, there are games that don't interest me. I'm not a huge supers guy. I'm not a huge uh, vampire, the masquerade guy. However, if my friends wanted to play that because I like my friends and I want to spend time with my friends, I would be willing to play that game. Even though it's not my cup of tea, um, I will jump in and I'll have a good time with my friends because honestly, about half the time of playing for me and and that that group of friends, about half the time is out of character, out of game BSing, just catching up and uh, ripping on somebody when they're talking about uh, when we have rules, arguments or debates or whatever. Um, we'll just have a great time socializing as friends. And so uh, for that sort of thing, I mean, even with you and Scott, if if you wanted to do supers and I'd I'd be willing to play it, I don't care. Um, Oh yeah. Even Scott has a one system he kind of built that he wants to test out eventually. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'd totally be willing to do that, even though it will. And I will say that I trust Scott. He's a great GM. So so I've never had a I've never had a bad game with Scott. And I'm I've learned some things from the way that he GMs that I try to bring into my own uh, GMing. Um, and, And that's the other thing with with a lot of my groups as well is we like with my what I refer to as, as my core group, um, we rotate about every yeah. six months. We, we change GMs. And so we're doing a different, a different genre. We're doing a different setting. We're doing different characters. Um, and when it comes back around to me, if I decide I don't want to continue the campaign that I had started, I'll switch campaigns and we'll do something different. And uh, so that, that kind of helps keep things a little bit fresh. Um, yeah. But then some people love GMing, like the Saturday group. Uh, our GM has always been the GM. Uh, he, he and Scott is uh, the forever GM. Although I'd be willing to GM, um, I'll be a completely honest. I'd be completely self-conscious, and, and because <laughs> Scott does such a great job, I'm like, man. Yeah. He, <laughs> and Scott's got that big personality, right? So I'm like, oh, Scott- he's going to think I suck. <laughs> oh, you know what? And that's just it. Like I, me as a very amateur GM, I've only done it a couple times and they've never been long campaigns at all. Right. I want to do like an in-person campaign, but at the same time, I'm like, I would love to run a game for you guys. One thing I have no patience with learning roll 20. I don't know why I just like, <laughs> you asked me, it's like, okay, learn how to do maps. I'm like, no, no, I, I have more interest in that other system. Foundry. Uh, I already for- uh, Foundry, yeah, that yeah. one looks actually. I really liked it a lot more. It seems a lot more intuitive. Yeah, you know, um, what's funny though is for me, it's a lot harder to do maps on Foundry than it is on Roll Twenty. I was I was uh, GMing Coriolis for my kids this past Friday, and they were going off the rails, which yeah. I fully expected. I mean, the way the last uh, session ended, my wife says, "What do you think they're going to do?" I'm like, "Well, there's two or three options they can do. They can go after this one clue." They could go after revenge, or they could go completely some other place. And I've got a, I've got a something prepared for that. And yeah. they ended up going for revenge, and they're like, "Yeah, we want to go get him at his house." I'm like, "Okay." So I don't, ha- <laughs> I don't, I don't have a map for his apartment. So uh, go out and find a map. And it was taking me like so much longer to set up a map just for that scenario on Foundry, whereas in Roll Twenty, I just drag it onto the desktop and I'm ready to go. <laughs> so it was yeah. and, and I will also say I know Scott wouldn't judge uh the way that I have in my head that he would. But, oh no, he, or he, if he did he'd he keep wouldn't. it quiet. <laughs> I don't think he'd I think like, there would be a little bit of judgment, but I think that would be more of just like afterwards people like, you know, I think if you if you worded it like this, it would be better. Or yeah, if you yeah. Did it like this, because like Scott has yeah, like Scott has an ego, but it's well deserved. And yeah. I don't think like, and you hear ego and you think, oh my God, that's a bad thing. But no, he has a well-deserved ego. He's a, he's a creator. He's done a lot of things. He's, he's ran uh convention uh, games and everything like that. And you got to have some cojones to do that. Cause if you don't, you ain't going to do those. Right. Yep. It's, it's like when, when people tell me it's like, oh, you know, like to run for president, you need to be a little bit narcissistic. Because only a narcissist will believe that he can run an entire country. It's the same kind of thing. Like you kind of need those qual. And I'm not calling Scott a narcissist. That's just I'm making a comparison where you need to have certain kind of um, traits in order to do certain types of games. Yeah. But like I've I I I I don't think we'll ever get around to it just because it seems like our scheduling is very difficult. But I've I actually had a really fun idea for a low life campaign after we talked about it on an ep- episode previously. Um, and I kind of want to say what it is because I don't think we'll ever get a chance to. <laughs> so this was my idea for as long as you're cool with it. Oh, I, I don't care. And if we end up playing it, I'll probably forget what it was. I'm heck, no, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm 50. <laughs> okay. Cause, because, you know, low life, you need to have that kind of over the top hokiness. And you mentioned it'll be like, oh, it'd be cool to do low life, but you do it with a Western theme. And I was like, oh, that would be cool. And then I was trying to think of how to do. And I was looking, thinking of cowboy ways, but how to make it hokey, but not just make it a spaghetti Western. And then I said the word spaghetti Western in my mind. And I was like, oh, shit, there's something there, especially with dealing with low life. And then I was kind of like thinking of things. I was like, well, what about aliens? You know, it was the Cowboys versus Aliens, that dumb movie that came out. And I was like, what if spaghetti Western? 
combined with low life mixed with aliens. How could I make that work? And this is what I got, right? So imagine kind of the same story of cowboys versus aliens, except because aliens and low life exist. People, they're not anything mm-hmm. crazy. And any aliens that are not on the planet don't want to come to that planet because it's it's That's pretty cool. much just a septic. Yeah, it's a septic <laughs> tank. Um, so my idea was you guys would all be in a town. I would kind of make it so that you all start in the town. And that is your home freaking town. And all of a sudden, during the night, you'd hear screamings. And you go out and you'd find these monsters. And like they would be able to like shift form and attack you and everything like that. And you'd end up only being able to kill one and the rest of them will kind of like flock away because whatever reason, I didn't really go through that part. And then you look at it and the monster itself is actually made, it's red and oozy and it's made out of all these long strings, which are actually spaghetti. (laughs) So you'd actually be fighting spaghetti monsters that can also fly and everything like that. And you'd go on this thing and like there'd be one crazy old man well, like you, there'd be like a town hall that was called and there'd be this crazy, one crazy man who's kind of an outsider of the town because he's been around a lot, but he kind of decided to settle there. He's like, I've seen this before. And he would totally do the jaws, you know, scratching on the nail board thing to get the attention of the town hall. And he'll talk about how this happened before and they routed it down to this old ancient building. And so you go on this quest and along the way, you'd find out that they're taking people, but they're not actually killing them. What they're doing is bringing it there and they're processing them into more spaghetti. Uh, So (laughs) people are becoming sentient killer spaghetti in almost like some sort of weird kind of uh, hive mind kind of thing, right? (laughs) I know. And it's it it gets more off the, like, I I was planning, like, I'm not going to go crazy into detail with everything, but essentially once you got to this old ancient building, it's going to be an old Chef Boyardee factory. <laughs> and you go inside eventually and you find the big core monster of it all, whose name is Chief Boyard. <laughs> and he is essentially a, a living amalgamation of spaghetti, ravioli, and all that stuff, and almost like a giant kind of monster. <laughs> like a and his hope. Yeah, exactly. And his whole goal was to consume everything like everything tried to consume him and turn the world into spaghetti. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I thought of it like and I was like, you know what? I could probably run this campaign and have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I might still try it on a couple people who I've been telling them I want to run a, a game for a while. And it's just like. I haven't, and I don't have any excuses. It's just life, <laughs> life and shit. And I just keep on being like, oh, this one. Like even now, I'm thinking, oh, I want to run the spire. I want to run the spire, and I'm like, okay, I just got to convince them to play the spire, and then I'll have to, you know, that's another story though. But yeah, um, <laughs> but that's kind of like way off topic here. Who the hell cares? <laughs> but. Do it, but... Yeah, I know, I know, right? As long as we're having fun. And the audience is having fun. You're having fun, right? (laughs) Yeah, they said yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. Going back to our original topic, though, it's... Yeah, it's hard nowadays, I find, to find a game that's not 5e, though. Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah. If if you're if you'd like to play D anD D, finding games should be pretty simple. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the other stuff gets lost in the noise. Oh yeah. Um, but if you pay attention, I mean, that that heck, that's how I found the Saturday group. Is even though it was a bunch of five E stuff, I still found a Savage Worlds post. I'm like, hey, I like Savage Worlds. I'll play. I'll I'll see if I can get in this one. Um, yep. It was kind of the same thing with uh, how I met you and Scott. In fact, I read the description. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And I'm not going to lie. Once we got into it and everything like that, I was talking with you guys. So it's like, oh, they seem pretty cool. And then it was like, oh, yeah, we're doing like because I heard Eberron and I read the the description. I was like, okay, it sounds like kind of like, you know, sci-fi and everything like that. And then like, it's like, yeah, goblins. Because I didn't know what Eberron was at the time. 
right? So he's like, goblins, everything. I was like, oh, shit, is this a fantasy game? I don't know if I'm interested in a fantasy game. So I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, should I opt out? I was like, no, these guys seem pretty cool. Like, I'll, I'll stick with it just to see what happens. Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying, like, you know, what's going on here. So, but for, like, a hot minute, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll opt out of it. And I'm glad I didn't, for obvious reasons. <laughs> but, yeah, shit, like. I I can always forget how young you are. <laughs> oh, oh, how how old am I now? Thirty three. Yeah, I'm yeah, still I'm still enough to be your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, honestly though, like I don't know. I and I think that's another thing that some people get hung up on us because like I I have played with some young groups and like they'll. Like, you know, I've played with one where it's like, I think the oldest person was 18 and then there was me and I felt my age. And that's kind of another thing. Sometimes joining a group, if they find out you're older than them a lot, sometimes they'll just like, almost like shut down in a way. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like, oh, here's a guy who's supposed to know what they're doing and. Whatever. Okay, Grandpa. Know. Nobody knows what they're <laughs> yeah. doing in life. I think that's a that's a something that everyone should understand. Uh, if we have any young listeners, which I think actually our average listener is not young, from the very minimal amount of information I get. Um, yeah, I don't think we have anyone really under the age of eighteen. I think most people are actually between the ages of like twenty five to forty five in our thing that's what anyways what i got from spotify because that's the only information you can really get from (laughs) a lot of places (laughs) oddly enough but yeah i don't know sometimes yeah age sometimes plays a factor and i'm not too sure why because at the end of the day we're all kind of just here to have the same kind of fun but yeah well i i think some of it goes to well i i would feel uncomfortable and this is this is the thing that's funny because we we did play originally when we were doing the eberron game uh yeah. one of the guys was younger than 18 yeah he was a uh, 16 uh, yeah well we'll call him crispy because i think he wants crispy burnt man yeah yeah um and that was a little odd and and i know that in in the games we joked a lot about how his mom was gonna like cut him off of the game because like they're what (laughs) (laughs) but but i mean in today's day and age though that that is a very real concern for some people yeah it is i i I would not want to be with a group that is predominantly under the age of 18 simply because then i look like that creepy old guy Mm -hmm. that you want to keep your kids away from and it's like (laughs) i no I, i don't i don't need that in my life like you guys could be a lot of fun you could be great kids but i don't need to be that guy um but at the same time i have a lot of fun playing with people who are younger um even younger than you uh i i've had i've been (laughs) people under the age of 30 oh my god (laughs) believe it or not (laughs) (laughs) i I love how you talk it's like yeah he's just a kid he's just and it's kind of funny because i'm right now thinking like come on i'm in my 30s i I have my own house i have all this stuff but i remember when i was 18 thinking it's like oh what are you talking about i'm an adult what is this but i get it i get it as at my age now i get it I still have that feeling of what the hell I'm like an adult, but at the same time, I understand that my mind frame at 30, 33, 32, something like that. I don't know. It's sad because I actually forgot my birthday uh, last year. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. And I will say though, I mean, it's not that I think of you as a kid, Um, but in terms of RPGs, there's a lot of things that Scott and I talk about that you're like, I have no idea. I've never heard of oh, that. Oh, 100%. Like, it's like when we start talking about the satanic panic back in the 80s and and yeah. all the old 80s RPGs and and like I, I'm surprised you had no idea what Eberron was because it's like I remember when that was a and d like when Wizards of the Coast produced it. I was like, that looks like a cool game. I'd love to get into that setting. Um, but I never did. And so yeah. it's like, I, I, 
I, I was surprised that people didn't know that, that was like a D&D. Well, uh, even to, like compared to when I even started talking with you guys to now, the amount of knowledge that I've gained from just this, like talking about these things before the podcast has grown exponentially just because of all things I'm learning. When you were saying like, oh, you were surprised because like, I've only been playing tabletop games for probably under a little bit under 10 years, right? Um, and for me, like I, I started with GURPS, which was a homebrewed system. I didn't really look at too much else. And then I played 5e and I really did not, like I enjoyed playing with my friends, but I really didn't enjoy the system. I got bored of the fantasy kind of motif and I kind of just fell off of that. And then pretty much anything to deal with Dungeons and Dragons, I totally ignored. So I just never really... Eberron was a setting with D&D, so I just never really paid attention. I yeah. think I've heard the name, but I just didn't... Didn't associate it. Yeah, I just didn't, like, associate it. And so most of the RPGs that I was reading were things of, like, you know, like Paranoia, which I discovered pretty shortly after that. Or um, there's a few other. Blades in the Dark I, I learned of, I think, before... Yeah, Blades in the Dark was before something like that and i kind of stumbled upon pbtas by myself and the savage worlds i my friend told me about and glad he did and by the way that's the one who was so inconsiderate to have a second child without without talking to me <laughs> about uh <laughs> which and it was all because he lent me his book for um uh not only savage worlds but also 50 fathoms which still is kind of on my bucket list a little bit but yeah I, you know that that is a fun setting um, I'm not a huge pirates guy, yeah, but yeah, yeah, like but... one of my, one of my friends was GMing that and I'm like, Hey, if you got room, I'd be happy to play with you guys. And, and we had a really fun time. I mean, the group was great. Uh, that fell apart because the GM, his life got complicated and he could no longer play at the time that we were all available, yeah. but it was a fun setting for the, for the period of time that we got to play it. So. Oh, and that and that's just it. Like it is pirates, but it's kind of like campy pirates, right? And I, yeah, it's one of those ones where I think also you can't take the setting too seriously. You're not playing like uh, God. What's that one pirate game? It's pirate, seven pirates seas? of the Spanish Main. Yeah, there's, there's also uh, Seven Seas or something like yeah. that. And those ones are meant to be a lot more like not authentic pirates, but you know, a little bit more of a serious setting compared yeah. to. You know, fifty fathoms, which my character that I, I wrote up a character for it, it was that flying race, and essentially he low intelligence, a very very low intelligence, uh, but he I, I did him towards everything explosives, <laughs> and his whole thing was you know gliding over top and dropping bombs, but all his plans always involved bombs, and it's like a stealth bomb, and all that he would do is take out his normal bomb. And with like paint, write the word stealth on it. And that was his plan for it to be stealthy was to use a stealth bomb or use a distraction bomb, which is still just a normal and everything of his things. He was just essentially a crazy pyro explosives guy with very low intelligence, but for some reason, an idiot savant on this one skill. And yeah, that one it could have been a lot of fun as long as, like I said, you as long as you don't take it seriously. Yeah, it, it was fun. I mean, for me, my character was a low intelligence red man. I mean, full on red man. He wasn't like the half. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe he was half. I can't remember. Anyway, he was a red man and low intelligence. And he was the accountant of the ship um, simply because I could carry the money. and Nobody could take it away from me. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a perfect reason to be an accountant. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it was funny because, I mean, the character had no no intelligence uh just to, to really speak of i mean it's like a d4 yeah yeah it, seriously it was a d4 and he only knew that he had a bag of money and if somebody <laughs> tried to pickpocket him which did happen occasionally he'd kill them and take the money back um <laughs> and so then whenever the the captain would ask for money i just give him the money it's like okay here you go <laughs> so, <laughs> the secretary yeah, or the treasure, the treasure, the treasure. <laughs> it, it was it, it was it was a really fun game. I mean, yeah, becoming like uh, we overthrew a, a brothel, 
because <laughs> we didn't like the the guy that ran the brothel, so he he crossed us, and we ended up killing him and taking control of the brothel. And <laughs> it's just it was a fun game. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, like I think that's well, it's one thing why I like talking with you guys though is like you even said with the satanic panic where I knew that like, you know, they had a little bit of demonizing, but I didn't realize just from conversations uh, off uh, outside of this, we should probably have an episode about the satanic panic eventually, but I don't know a lot of these things. And for when you guys talk about them, I'm like, it's something for me to learn. And that's why I think that's one reason why I really like chatting with you guys, because I'm never going to be bored with the conversation. I'm always going to be like, Oh my God, I had no idea. And then you guys will make fun of me, but I don't really care. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like how many, even on the podcast, like I, I swear if anyone out there wants to do little clips, of every single time that I made fun of, I would totally be down for that. Because you probably have a, a few, <laughs> quite a few on that one. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah so you, to me, I think that's the big thing is if, if you have a good relationship with the people, that's the important part of the game for me. Um, no, we, uh, yeah, I know that there are people out there who was like, I want to be immersed and I want to, I, I want this rich story. And, and, and that's great. I just know they're not going to fit in with most of the groups that I play with because like I, I've had, I've had some heck. I know that's why some of the people have dropped off of the, the Friday night group that I play with because yeah. we aren't serious. I mean, we, yeah. we, we like to get into character. We like to have good stories uh come out of it but we also don't concern ourselves overly much if we stop playing and just bs for like 30 minutes or go off on a tangent for for 30 minutes of of the game because we are friends and we have uh, a good time getting caught up and heck even like my this last game with my kids the first 30 minutes of the game was nothing but all of them talking with their uncle about video games that they're playing. And I'm like, I sat there in silence because I had nothing to go or nothing to contribute because I don't do video games, but yeah. Um, and that's cool, but it was fun being able to listen to them and see how excited they were getting about the different games and razzing one another about, Oh, I can't believe you haven't played that. Um, so, I mean, to me, it's that, that's, that's the fun part is if you can find a group that you mesh with, um, you, you found something. Oh yeah. Like that's great. You've, you've put up with me and Scott talking about video games. (laughs) I think a few times, like a few, there've been a few. (laughs) (laughs) You just look at your watch. Well, you know, this is already an hour and a half after we're done recording and you guys have just been talking about video games for the past 45 minutes. I think I'm going to go to bed tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing left for me here. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, and I think that's that's one thing is like, I think a lot of GMs, they won't almost try. And I don't know. I think it's almost like something like what they're almost like not comfortable enough to do it. Right. But to be upfront about what you are kind of trying to push out there for your group. Right. Yeah. So it like for yours, you don't want an immersion one, which if you want our opinion on immersion, check out episode three. <laughs> but um, yeah. But, well, and, and I'll say it's not that I don't want that. I mean, I, I think those are fun, but I know that I'm going to feel like an idiot if I'm trying to talk in an accent because I'm going to do oh, it horribly. Yeah. Unlike you, who are so skilled with with your accent, <laughs> oh um, yeah, totally. The only only accent I can do is freaking Golem from The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so, if you want Santa to do to do Golem impersonation for an entire episode, comment below. <laughs> yeah, I I need I need three likes on this video. <laughs> bars low, bars low. Three <laughs> likes on this video, and I'll do a Golem accent. I'll put it up on. <laughs> 
on this as its own little thing and i'm not joking and i hope you guys don't for the first time ever i hope you really don't like or comment on that (laughs) (laughs) there will be two of us that do for sure and i can get one of my kids to do it (laughs) no 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 the kids don't count just for that i'm raising it up how many kids do you have two i've got one one okay um just because i know you're lying uh five now five five likes (laughs) oh wait shit you can probably convince scott six there we go (laughs) Uh, but yeah i mean it's it's uh it is what it is. I mean, for me, I, I I would love to be able to play those types of games. There was one group, like when I was playing with my brothers, where they would speak in a Scottish accent. If everybody else is doing it, it's easy to get into it. Yeah. Um, but I generally, especially with people I don't know, yeah. um, it, it's hard for me to let myself relax enough to to do a accent badly. And so it's like, I know I'm not going to fit in with a group that we want this. And we, when, when we're playing, we're playing, we don't want out of character conversation and you're going to talk as your character and you're going to act like your character. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's too much of a load for me. Cause I, I like to be able to joke. I like to be able to have, uh, when something strikes us funny to be able heck on, on the Saturday uh, day games, I, especially if you're doing a sci-fi game, there's not going to be a session where Star Wars doesn't get referenced. Oh, no. Ever. Uh, no. Especially, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. You guys usually do Star Wars references, which I'm not a huge Star Wars guy, so I don't really know. <laughs> but then you guys are like, oh, what about this in, in 40K? And I'm just like, that's incorrect. I know exactly what I'm talking about here. You are incorrect on this thing. I may not be an expert on the lore, but I definitely listened to Lorehammer for quite a long time. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it, it's fun. <laughs> so so I, yeah. I know that I'm not going to fit into a group that wants a lot of in-character conversation and no joking. And uh, the groups that take themselves what I would consider too seriously. They're not going to be for me. So I, I tend to just not post on those. But, but I mean, that's the great thing is, like I said earlier, with this day and age, you can find a group that matches your personality. Your personality, yeah. It, it, you may have to sift through a bunch of crap. Mm. Um, I, I've been lucky to where I've not. I mean, every every time I found a game that really sounded interesting to me, I was able to get in, and I was, and, and perhaps that's because I don't play Five E. Maybe it's because I post on Savage Worlds games where you don't have twenty all twenty people all clamoring for the three spots or the four spots in the game. Um, you you might actually have something there because yeah, I don't like I've never done a Five E game online, but from a Every single time you like, I don't, do you ever listen to like YouTube videos that actually do like the horror stories from the tabletop, like tabletop and all that? Nope. Oh, (laughs) though. Yeah. I listen to those. Um, and it's essentially just people who talk about their horror stories, uh, for the table thing. And every single time it is almost always five E every time I've never heard one from, from Shadowrun. Actually, no, I think I've heard one from Shadowrun. Uh, nothing from Savage Worlds ever. Nothing from like all those. It seems to always be a revolve around 5e. And I don't know if it's just because the mass population plays it. So, of course, you're going to have a lot more Thors or if, or what it is about that at all. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> well, now, I mean, depending on what you mean by horror stories. Um, I don't consider this a horror story. The GM may. Uh my Friday group, we, we brought somebody in, they, they wanted to play. And so we brought them in and they played with us for a little bit. And they're like, Hey, I, I really want to run a twilight 2000, uh, game for savage worlds. Um, I've got some homebrew rules that I want to use to make it a little bit grittier and, and this sort of stuff. Uh, he changed quite a bit of the character creation rules, which were like, okay, whatever. Um, but he GM'd for me and, my two friends who've been gaming together for at that point, it was like 10, 10 or 15 years. 
and he uh, really built up how much or how gritty it was going to be, how dangerous it was going to be. And we listened and we're like, okay, great. We're, we're happy to play this. And, and I mean, like we got like one Benny or maybe two to start instead of the full three. And, um, but when you tell us that we're still goofers, so we're going to go off and <laughs> just be stupid. Like two of us built drunks. Like my character was a doc who was a complete alcoholic. And then the sniper was a complete alcoholic as well. And we're, we have like this portable still that we use to typically it's supposed to be used to make like your alcohol for your vehicles, but we used it to make hooch and we're we're dragging along. And he gave us like a Humvee. He gave us a motorcycle. So we had our one friend who's um, on the motorcycle out scouting and we find the encounter and it's uh, it's like a bridge area that we need to cross. And there's like a ton of guards, more than uh, they, they outnumber us quite a bit. But because he was out scouting, he was able to come back. And so we stopped far enough back. We all coordinated our attacks really well. And we took that encounter out within five minutes because, I mean, our dice were hot that night and we had great tactics. And after that game, he never showed up again. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like dude don't get mad just because just because we can drop mortars where you where we want and because we've got a sniper that can hit the broadside of a barn if you give them enough uh advanced warning it's like come on <laughs> that i think that's another reason why sometimes games kind of go south is the gm has a very specific idea of how their game is going to go yeah and players don't care they will do what they want. <laughs> well, y- yes. Well, and and also, I mean, as GMs, if we have a story in mind, sometimes we have to railroad the players, or yeah. we have to we have to give them reasons to go where you want them to go. Um, in this particular game, he wanted us to go one direction, but the direction we wanted he wanted us to go was a hot zone. And we're like, we don't want to go to war. You've already told us one that it's a, that it's a dangerous world. Yeah. And the armies are all broken. And so just because that's where we're supposed to go, no, we're going to go the exact opposite direction because that's the only safe place. You told us <laughs> that, that place. doesn't sound smart. Yeah, it's like that, that you've told us that this is the only safe route. Why would we go into danger when we can go out of danger it's like (laughs) so give us a reason to go into that danger there has to be more danger in other areas that would entice us to go that direction say oh you know what we might have a chance there whereas these other three directions forget it we're we're hosed but uh no no he gave us a way out so uh, we we have a rule on that friday night group and that is no campaign plan survives contact with your players because we always unintentionally, I mean, even when we're trying to like, well, like with Scott's game, he presented a scenario. I don't think that he necessarily wanted me to go down into that crypt with that, um, <laughs> with, with that crypt key, but that that's, anyways. I, I did it anyways. One, because I felt that's what my character would do, especially after I got that answer from the God. But also in my head as a player, I'm like going, he's got something prepared here. And so if he's got something prepared, I don't want him to have prepared something for no reason. So I'm going to go. So I was a well-intentioned player (laughs) that that ended a campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was was a death of the ages. (laughs) We, we like and even like that death scene though it's like since like okay this is one thing i'm gonna have to give towards dungeon world is because you know it was kind of loose like we described our actions and all that the fight scene at the end was pretty badass it was fun it was a great it was fight. a lot of fun i like describing what we're doing and scott's just like you, you could tell in his voice he's like don't do this don't do this <laughs> and every time we're like okay we're going deeper in we're going deeper in we're going deeper in and it's just it just didn't 
it didn't work out. It was, it was, uh, it was a ton it of was fun, awesome. though. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, gotten to where I almost like my characters to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. This is something I've. I, I was because we also had more characters die not last weekend but the weekend before. <laughs> um, and that was, was an epic fight too, man. That was awesome. That was an epic. Well, no, that was an epic curb stomp. We got curb stomp. <laughs> I died. But we won so quickly. But we won. <laughs> technically no we won that (laughs) fight but uh we lost the rest of it but i think the the funny the funny thing is is like i remember because the wifey was going over to her parents right on that day and uh she was like before she's like okay don't die don't have make sure your character doesn't die she's just saying that in jest and then she came back i was like yeah we all died she's like really i was like and i'm and i was like yeah i was like i can't believe i died i think before this year this year, I'm ta- just talking 2022. <laughs> I think I've had one character die in total, and in 2022, I think we've had I've had a total of four characters die. It's oh, one a month, literally that, one a month. That body count will go up with uh, with the oh. Saturday group because all we seem to do is get ourselves killed. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gr- glad Cyberpunk Red doesn't have a kill. Uh, like kill on character creation, like traveler or anything like that. But I already, uh, our GM, uh, I don't think I should have said his name, but you, know. <laughs> you can edit that out. Yeah, I can edit that out. Um, he, he made a joke cause I made a comment. I forget what it was, but he's like, yep. And then, uh, your character, di- your character dies from a gunshot to the head. <laughs> and I remember you saying, "Well, died in character creation." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I, f- I forget what the comment was. It was freaking hilarious, though. Uh, or at least I think it was funny. Well, it, it could have been related to Five E because I know that he absolutely hates Five E. <laughs> <sighs> no, uh, something to do with. I know it had something to do with cyberpunk, and I made a joke about something with your computer hacking software stuff that's all i remember <laughs> i don't know i make a lot of jokes and like i should really just go with the george costanza thing where you know like i do one really good joke and then i know i'm done for the day and i should just dip out <laughs> uh, that's funny <laughs> oh yeah um, but anyways, RP people, I think that's all the time we had for today. I hope you guys enjoyed our, just our candid conversation here. Nothing really too planned, but I had fun. Finder, did you have fun? Of course. See, and that's why we're a group together, because we have fun. If you like this episode, uh, you can email us at rpsmartpeople at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any horror stories, or even just tell us about how long your group's actually been together. Some good stories. We don't need just horror stories. And if you have some bad... And if you didn't like this episode or you have anything mean to say, you can uh, message us on Twitter at RP Smart People. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you next time. Be sure to like and subscribe or like the comments so we can get to go oh, yeah. impersonation. Um, yeah. If I get 10 likes on this video, on Maybe Podbean. The number keeps going up. It was sick. Yeah. I know because I really don't want to do it. If I get 10 <laughs> likes specifically on the Podbean app. <laughs> I will do a golden voice. I will release a special five minute episode where I am talking like Golem about whatever the topic you guys want. As long as it's nothing pervy and nothing that will get get me banned, I will talk about it. Golem doesn't right. like the sex moves. Golem, Golem does not like the sex moves. That is 100%. Anyways, folks, uh, 10 likes and I'll have it done. Talk to you later. And now, a special word from the friends of the podcast. We're going to give it another go. There's a bit, a bit, more, a bit more zing. Oh, a bit of zing. A bit zing. Of zing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? Hello. Hello. With a, hello. No, no. no. Hello. <laughs> hello. Wait, wait till I get through the whole thing. Ready? Wait till I, Hello with a billowing hilltop. Hello. Hello. Oh, dear. <laughs> We're waiting to get through the whole thing. No, no, I mean... I, I thought that was the, the whole thing. The whole thing is hello <laughs> with a billowing hilltop. <laughs> okay. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah? Okay. Okay. That was right. <laughs> uh, that pretty much sums up the show. But if you want to find out any more, you can visit us at www.belowinghilltop. Is it com? Does anybody know? <laughs> .org. 
Is it? <laughs> what do we do? What do we what do we play? There's monsters. Um, does anybody remember? Walking around. I don't know. And, yeah. And we will be delighted <laughs> if you to join us around our table as we play Dungeon. Is it fifth edition? Hello? Yeah, we think so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We what play Dungeons and Dragons. Sorry, that was me. I what was that noise in the background? There will be noises in the background as we play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition through the classic Paizo adventure path, The Age of Worms. You can expect this. No! Oh! Quite a bit of this. Um, I'm completely lost. This. Blah. This. I've got a bugbear in my underpants. And one of these. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> we're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify and we're on TuneIn and you can find us on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and we uh, hope you join us. Thanks very much. Task Force Raven, coming to you May 4th. Brought to you by Scott W. and the Runeforge. Flash message. Eyes only. Burn. Warning. During the events of Operation Bellhammer, an agency asset codenamed Angel Spike, went off-grid on or about 3022 45 18 Zulu. Angel Spike is believed to be in Op 4 hands. Raven is directed to Halo insertion into AOR, locate Angel Spike, exfil immediately from AOR. The ROE for Yukon are in place. Heavy resistance is expected to include known occult interference. Route Path, Sockier, CJ Soda, Emerald Dune. Eyes only, burn. Occult on Proelium. Well, you made it to this page and halted. Glad to have you on board. If you've asked, what the hell is Task Force Raven? Again, good to have you. That's the type of forward-leaning warrior we look for in recruitment. So what is your role while assigned to Raven? The answer is in our motto, Occultum Proelium, the hidden battle. The short answer, we undertake those missions of high value, but of minuscule intelligence in the most remote and denied areas of responsibility. The long answer, the world is far more dangerous than 99.99% understand, even among the best of the best, including those right into the highest special access programs, where there's little knowledge of the issues needing to be confronted. Cults and cryptids. Raven was born in late 2002 after the events of Operation Mountain Breaker, otherwise known as the Giant of Kandahar. Again, welcome to the team. Would you like to know more? Then check out the Kickstarter starting on May 4th. Task Force Raven.